Vamos. To get up and get going, South Coast, it's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang, it's Tim Weisberg. Good morning. Happy Monday to you. Welcome into a new week on the program. One week closer to Christmas. If you haven't uh, started your Christmas preparation, your Christmas shopping, your Christmas plans, whatever it may be, or whatever it may be that you celebrate, you're running out of time. We had a family get together yesterday and everybody was saying as they were leaving, oh, see you at Christmas. I was like, that seems like kind of a far time before we see each other. And then I was like, oh, wait, just a couple of weeks away. So if you haven't started your preparations, you better get underway. And of course, every year around Christmas, we have our mini miracle. Last Friday, we featured the Lima family, a family from New Bedford, which has two children, five-year-old Derek, who has... Uh, a disorder called HADS or H-A-D-D-S. I'm not still not sure if you pronounce it as an acronym or as a word, but it is a very, very rare disorder that only 36 people in the world have, according to his, his mom and sister, what they were telling us. 36 people in the world are known to have it, one in the United States. And I was reading some more about it over the weekend and some of the trials that they are having for people who have it and they are hopeful that they could at least give them a better quality of life but with so few people that they know has this affliction they they really don't know that much about it so imagine how frustrating that must be alone to have a child who is nonverbal autistic can't move for themselves, you know, can't walk on their own, is completely blind, can't communicate anything that they want, is just learning, really, with the help of a a therapist to be able to express himself, although now that therapist is departing, and they don't know that they'll be able to get another one. So all of those challenges thrown at them with one child, when the oldest child, 17-year-old Siliani, can't see. She also has a rare disorder that makes everything look blurry to her, even with glasses. So our goal was to try to raise money for these special scleral lenses that will allow her to see clearly. She tried them in October, put them on, and for the first time in her life, she could see clearly. And we knew that getting her those lenses would make all the difference for that family because not only can she have a normal teenage life, you know, she wants to be able to play soccer. She wants to go to college and study medicine so she can become a pediatrician. Not only can those lenses give her a better life, but that can in turn help her whole family because now she's an extra pair of hands 
for her mother for taking care of her brother. And she doesn't need her mother to help her around. So through all of your generous efforts on Friday and through a very special donation from First Citizens Federal Credit Union, we're going to be able to get Ciliani those special lenses. From what Victoria was saying, it's entirely possible that she could have those lenses, which I guess were like a contact lens. She could have them in her eye by the beginning of the new year. But around that, we're going to be able to give that family a nice holiday with the additional money that was raised. And if you want to continue to donate or if you didn't get a chance to donate and you want to do so, if you want to spread around the family story, you can find that article at WBSM.com where you can share out and click in and make a donation or put it on your social media. And see what else we can do to help that family. See, the issue was when we talked to the family last week in preparation for the Mini Miracle broadcast, I think a lot of the a lot of the problem was, I don't know how much, and I talked about this Friday with Victoria here, I don't know how much they really believed that they were going to get the help. I mean, I think that they have been through so much. They've been so embattled that they just were skeptical that they would get the help that they needed. Like you could even tell, like as, as, as thankful as they were that we were going to try to help them, I think they were kind of hedging their optimism. I don't think they were pessimistic, but I think they were hedging their optimism. And now we're going to be able to make their biggest Christmas wish come true. But the hope is that we can do some other things for them. They just didn't tell us anything else that they wanted because I think that they were just, they, they were of the mindset of just getting these lenses would help us enough and we don't want to ask for anything more than that. But now that we've been able to raise some money beyond, I'm sure there are a lot of things that we can help the family with. I'm sure they're, I mean, they're having trouble getting a therapist into the house for Derek. We can help with that. I'm sure there are things that can go toward his care. Getting a, 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 at least a part-time helper to come in. Siliani wants to be able to play soccer when she gets her new lenses. It could just be as simple as you just all help pay for her soccer sign-up. Little things like that that can make all the difference for that family and that every time they benefit from those donations, they think about what you, the South Coast, did for them. And I can promise you this family will make a mental note of that and will turn around and give back to someone else. Especially if Siliani can follow through on her plan to be a pediatrician and she's a great student. She's considered a leader in school. So all of those characteristics, plus her determination and her desire to help, I think that all bodes well. And as I was saying on Friday, this will pay dividends going forward. This family will help others. And that's the beauty of the Mini Miracle program is that 
all of the families that we've helped over the years have gone and done that. You know, you heard from the first Mini Miracle family calling in to make a donation and talking about the way that they try to give back. So I think you will see the same thing from the Lima family. And if you didn't get a chance to donate or if you want to share it with somebody that you think would donate, the story is right there at WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Also up on the website a little bit later on this week, we're going to have some ticket giveaways. We've got a couple of different contests coming up. Uh, and what's great is, see, this is the time of year when they start planning all of the spring and summer shows, the bigger shows. And so we have tickets to give away, granted, for things that will be coming up you know, later on in 2024. But we'll be able to do some giveaways in the coming weeks and hopefully... My goal is to have, you know, a couple of things every month at least to be able to give away to you. And we've got some comedy tickets coming up, concert tickets coming up, and some local performances to give away tickets to coming up. So we'll have all that information for you. If you're not already using the WBSM app, I would recommend downloading it. It's the easiest way to enter all these contests because then we have all of your information. So you don't have to sit on the phone, give us your address, give us your phone number, give us your date of birth, all that kind of stuff. We, we get it all from you through the, through the form that you fill out to enter the contest. And then when you win, most of the time, we can just send you a form to sign digitally. You send that back. And a lot of the times we can send you your tickets right then and there. Digital tickets. And the great part about that is if we give them away before the holidays, you have them in your possession to give as a gift if that's what you want to do with them. So we'll make some announcements. I just can't announce some of the stuff that we're doing yet because they haven't announced the shows yet. So I'm kind of embargoed on being able to bring that up. Uh, speaking of bringing things up, one thing I want to mention today, we kind of talked about this a little bit last week. Barry wrote the article about the Blue Laws. And remember when, you know, you couldn't go shopping on a Sunday in Massachusetts. Remember when you were going to spend the day with family more likely than not because there wasn't other things to do. I, I mean, there was a lot of things to do, but there weren't, weren't things pulling you in another direction. So Sundays would typically be a family day, whether you went to church or not. It was a day that you spent with the family. And I made the statement that you can do both. You can have stores be open and still have family time. That I don't think one precludes the other. For the most part, people have a choice as to whether or not they want to work on Sunday or shop on Sunday or spend time with the family on Sunday. But yesterday, I went over to my parents' house and my aunt was visiting from Washington, D.C., and she had recently taken some eight millimeter films that my grandfather had shot as her and my father and my uncle were growing up. And she'd had them all digitized and put on line so that she could access them anywhere. And we put them up on the TV and we watched. Uh, I think it's about 20 or so like three minute videos. Because, you know, in those days, those reels didn't last very long. 
And we were looking through them all and, and seeing like birthday parties, trips to Florida, uh, a trip to Edaville, like an early to mid-60s trip to Edaville, uh, trips to the New York World's Fair. Very fascinating stuff. Not only for me seeing, you know, my family, but also seeing all of these places from back in the, the, from the late 50s to the late 60s. But what I took away from that more than anything is my aunt said something about there being a lot of family get-togethers because in so many of these films, there's a lot of family together. Some of it was Passover, but some of it was, you know, outside summertime stuff. And so she said, yeah, we, I didn't realize that we had so many get-togethers when we were younger. And my dad said, well, there was nothing else to do. And he didn't mean it like in a, in a negative way. But what he meant was people weren't being pulled in other directions, so they would get together. And they would have these family dinners, family parties, backyard barbecues, whatever it might be. And as someone who didn't live through that time period, you know, as, well, I mean, when I was really little, they didn't have stores open on Sunday, but for as long as I can really remember, they were. And so that kind of made it hit home for me, like, oh, that's, that's what Barry was talking about. That's what he meant, because people weren't thinking of other possibilities of things to do. It wasn't so much about it being a, necess a necessity. The necessity instead became, well, we could spend another boring day at home or another day at home. I shouldn't say boring because I'm sure you found things to do, but another day at home with just us or we can invite the family over or go over to visit family and it would give you something different to do. And I, I know that these were you know, films that people were making. So obviously when the people saw the camera, everybody's going to smile and wave. But for the most part, even when you're catching people not realizing they're on camera, everybody looked pretty happy and they looked pretty content with being in each other's company. And the one thing I've noticed about the change in that, and, and maybe this is just what I'm noticing, and it wouldn't be what you would notice in your family, but there's more anxiousness, more anxiety about people getting together now. They're like, okay, what time do I have to get there? What's the latest I can show up and what's the earliest I can leave? And I just got the sense that that wasn't the case in those days. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Good morning, Tim. Good morning, Shani. Anyway, yeah, I remember all those get-togethers too, but it's not like that anymore. People in my family, my mother and father's gone. My grandmother's gone. We used to have my grandfather. And a lot of my relatives, we used to have a big, big get-togethers. And do you, do you think it's because yeah. there was one person that kind of spearheaded all that, or did family just get less interested in getting together? Well, first of all, we had a real big family because my grandmother had eight children, and then my mom had six, and her siblings all had five, and like that she so you know it was huge and then we all got together but the house was open 
from morning till night, and my cousins would all come, and it was fun, you know what I mean? Because you got to see, it was exciting, because you got to see a whole extended family. Mm-hmm. That's you know what, what I mean, but it's not like that anymore. And I think part of it is, you know, you would think that everybody has the opportunity to get together more because, you know, more people have cars. There's the, you know, the, the highway exists now. It didn't exist when some of these, these videos were being shot that I was watching. So you would think like it's easier for people to get together, but as, as easy as it is now, people just have a reluctance to do it. Yeah, but see, my grandmother was from the, you know, she was, well, she lived to be 92 on natural causes. She died. She was real strong. But, um, um, you know, she did, she was the one who, like a matriarch that had um, this every year, and everybody would come because of her, really. And then it, they didn't want to do it. Like, none of the aunts and uncles said, oh, we're going to do it at our house this year, and we can all go there. It was just always at my grandmother's. So mm -hmm. it all d dissipated. Do you know what I mean? Cause no one said, and then when my mom and father died, I wanted to do it, keep the tradition going with the Polish food that was home cooked from scratch. And you know, they didn't want to do it. So, you know, that's how it goes. So I didn't keep pounding on it, but I thought that we should have, you know, it, it, it's funny too, because said, yesterday we had, Sorry, I was going to say we had so much of the family together yesterday and my aunt said, oh, gee, it's, you know, it's amazing how many people they fit in this kind of small house. And I said, you know, when I was growing up and we would go to my mom's mother's house every Sunday, that would be the, that'd be the way that it would go. There'd be, you know, 20 people in a very small house, but nobody seemed to mind. I miss that. I cry a lot, but what are you going to do? I'm very upset this morning because, you know, there's a Grinch. There's a, there's a lot of Grinches in this world. And, you know, every time I put something that's really nice out in front of my house, which I, I have um, hedges, which is like, you know, the hedges they have, like they have them in Newport around the mansions. They're old fashioned, but I still have them. It's the privacy hedges? And I don't have. Yeah, hedges, yeah, and I have, I don't have dirt and, and any um, grass that I can put a sign or anything, but anyway, on the side of the house, there's some room, right, and I put um, a cute, in fact, I was hesitant to put it out there, it's a cute, like a snowman with a scarf, and it's made of metal, but it's painted nice, it was about $20 at Christmas tree shop, and, you know, I went out there to look yesterday, because I was going to put some green up back further. Some, um, what do you call that, garland with red bows. Anyway, they sold it. No, no. And I was crying because it's just the fact of being violated. And, like, you know, it's just these scumbags. I'm so fed up with it. You don't know. And the thing is, I had a posh um, Christmas stocking because I used to shop at Macy's and spend a lot on clothes. And they they gave it to me as a gift going back and it was so so beautiful and I put it on um, and it was real big and I put it on the door that got stolen I got a uh, at Christmas tree shop in Newport I had bought some lintons that were um, with hummingbirds on them that were pretty that got stolen then I put a sign up that said um, never mind uh, never mind the dog beware of the owner with, a, with pointing a gun right they ripped that off I don't know what I'm going to do, but you know what? I'm fed up. If, if I catch them, I'm really going to have to have their hands broken. I'm not kidding. 
I mean, I, I can't take no more of this, really. Well, you no, I, I understand. It's, really, and it, it's just that it's very, it's violating me. It adds up. Money's tight. It's just the point, you know, I can't even decorate and, and people are stealing your things. They're really low life. It's sad. Yeah, no, it is. The world is really sad. Well, hopefully, I mean, when I see something pretty, hey, listen, when I see something pretty or, or nice or cute, I admire it. That's the way I was brought up. You know, my eyes light up and I'll say, oh, that looks nice. And I won't that it doesn't come across my mind to go steal it. Well, maybe the person you know that's listening I mean? will, will feel guilty now and hear this and bring it back. I don't think so, but I'll tell you right now, I am going to put put the sign up and it's going to come from inside the house. And it's not going to be nice. I'm right. going to put a Ooh. real nasty sign up. I don't care. No, I understand. I've had it. Really, I've had, I've had it. And if I put something else out there, it'll be gone. And I should be able to decorate. The taxes I'm paying in New Bedford, I should be able to decorate my house the way I want. Oh, I agree. You I gotta know what just, I mean? I do. i got to just hold you there, though, because i got to take a break. But I, I hope somebody hears this and returns it, or, you know, it turns out that it Somebody took it and it's, you know, two doors down and, and, you know, sitting in somebody's yard. I hope it works out that way for you. All right. I don't know. Okay, Tim. You have a good day. Try to have a good day. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye-bye. I, I, I do have to take a break. We'll be back in just a few moments. And now it is time. Sorry, I'm a little bit late, Ariel. But now it is time to go into the newsroom and get all the headlines of the day with Ariel Dorsey. Iranian-backed Houthis are claiming responsibility for attacks on three commercial ships in the Red Sea Sunday. The USS Kearney shot down several drones that officials say were launched from Houthi-controlled parts of Yemen just a month after it shot down rockets and drones fired by Houthi militants militants. U.S. Central Command said that the attacks represent a direct threat to international commerce and maritime security. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby says it's unclear when talks aimed at resuming a truce between Israel and Hamas will restart. Yesterday on NBC's Meet the Press, Kirby said the U.S. is working really hard to try to get both sides back to the table. He also admitted that he honestly just doesn't know if negotiators can get something moving. A leading national health expert says the U.S. should experience a more typical flu and virus season this winter. Speaking on CBS's Face the Nation, former FDA commissioner Dr. Scott Gottlieb says the level of RSV in flu cases is abiding compared to epidemic numbers in past years. Gottlieb said young children and older adults have been especially vulnerable. He added the number of COVID cases are down from past years. Billie Eilish is confirming she's part of the LGBTQ community. The singer-songwriter revealed she finds women attractive in her recent variety cover story. When asked if she meant to come out in the story by a reporter at a variety-sponsored event on Saturday, Billie replied no, but wasn't it obvious? The Powerball and Mega Million jackpots have reached a combined $789 million. The top prize up for grabs tonight in the Powerball drawing is $412 million. Picking the lucky winner number for tomorrow's Mega Million drawing will be worth at least $377 bucks. 
The opening bell rings this morning after stocks closed higher Friday to end the first day of trading in December. At the closing bell, the Dow gained 294 points to 36 to 245. Meanwhile, the S&P 500 rose 26 points to 45 to 94, and the Nasdaq jumped 78 points to 14 to 305. In sports, New England dropped its fifth consecutive game after being shut out by the Los Angeles Chargers 6-0 at Gillette Stadium. Bailey Zappi got the start at quarterback and completed 13 of his 25 pass attempts for 141 yards. Ramondre Stevenson carried the ball nine times for 39 yards before fumbling on his final carry due to suffering an injury. The Pats are now last in the AFC East at 2-10 and, and will visit the Pittsburgh Steelers for Thursday night football this week. The Bruins have won three straight games after coming from behind to beat the Columbus Blue Jackets 3-1. Boone Jenner put the Blue Jackets on top with his 13th goal of the season in the final minute of the second period, and Brad Marchand also scored under two minutes into the third. Boston will host the Buffalo Sabres Thursday night. And the Celtics are going to be without a key player for tonight's in-season tournament quarterfinal against the Indiana Pacers. Center Kristaps Porzingis suffered an injury on November 24th and has missed each of the last three games. Indiana's Tyrese Halliburton, who missed Saturday's win over the Heat, is listed as questionable with a knee injury. And forward Jalen Smith is also out with left knee and heel injuries. The winner will advance to the semifinals in Las Vegas. Now let's take a look at your local forecast with ABC6. Good to be with you on this Monday morning, everybody. Patchy Fall with mostly cloudy skies this morning. Temperatures in the mid to low 40s. Mild this afternoon in the lower 50s with partial sunshine overnight. Tonight becoming partly cloudy once again, mid 30s. Tomorrow, colder air filters in, increasing clouds in the low 40s. Be sure to watch ABC6 for my full seven-day forecast. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Ceci del Carmen on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. I'm Ariel Dorsey for WBSM. WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. in 508-996-0500 or you can hit us up on app chat on the WBSM app. Uh, we were talking earlier about the difference, you know, going back to that conversation we had last week about the difference when the blue laws were in effect and when stores weren't open on a Sunday and if that led to more family time. And as I was saying last week, I didn't know that that was necessarily true because it didn't, it didn't mean that you couldn't have family time just because stores are open. I grew up having family time and still having the ability to shop on a Sunday if we needed to. But in talking with my dad and my aunt and looking over some of those family home movies, 
you know, I, I brought up that point. Gee, if, if they could have done other things on these days, I don't know that you would have had such a turnout for these parties. The food looked pretty good, though. So I'm sure that that was a, a big draw for a lot of folks. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hi, Tim. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Well, we have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. And if you can just give me a minute or two. Sure. Uh, the, the Port Authority issued a permit to a, a wind turbine company to put a 300-foot structure in Cox Cove. Okay? Uh, there hasn't been a public hearing, to my knowledge, regarding that. Uh, and the, the question comes, does the Port Authority have authority over that body of water? Uh, I don't believe they do. Uh, reason being, in the past, uh, the city would have to have had a sanctioned shellfish management plan. And if they didn't, that body of water, the authority over that body of water, would revert back to the Department of Marine Fisheries. And I cannot... Uh, see how the Department of Marine Fisheries would condone this, particularly after they planted 11 million seed in Clark's Cove for a shellfish propagation. I think that this expression of power from the Port Authority has a different uh, aspect to it in addition to this quote-unquote demonstration project. And that being, for years and years and years, they've wanted to put the moorings and the inner harbor for recreational boaters out of the inner harbor and put them on the west side. And that that would cause major, major problems. Uh, one being parking, noise, et cetera. Mm. But getting back to the wind turbine issue, you know, they, 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 they're touting this as a new company, and which it could be, I don't know, because it hasn't been a public hearing. But usually the manufacturer has a recommended distance on where these things should be installed as it affects residential property. You're talking about people all along West Rodney French Boulevard who pay substantially higher taxes than a lot of other properties that enjoy the sun going down every single day. And if they're going to have a, a wind turbine there, that's going to be whooshing and whooshing and whooshing and flickering in their windows every day. You know, there's a problem here. It's a quality of life issue. But uh, there's so many aspects to this that the council needs to address. And the first one is who gave them the authority to issue a permit? Who gave the Port Authority the authority to issue a permit to a wind turbine company, you know, in the middle of Clark's Cove, which they may may not have jurisdiction over, you know? So, so I, I think... It, I was going to say, this is, this is going to be a permanent wind turbine structure, or this is just putting something up that will eventually be a component that gets taken out to, you know, the uh, the actual wind farm? This is a demonstration project, from what I understand. Uh, and I ran into the guy uh, serendipitally at the South End Library yesterday as I was talking to one of my neighbors. And Tony Cabral happened to be having his morning uh, monthly meeting there. And he's explaining to me what, what this thing is. And I'm looking at them, and I'm going, you know, this isn't the way to do things. People that are on, you know, maybe in the middle on wind turbines anyway, this is going to shut them off. you got to have a public hearing for this, you know. And uh, so I don't know what, what they're trying to do over there at the Port Authority, but all aspects of what they're trying to do have to be considered. I think the city council should order the shellfish department 
to come in with a management plan sanctioned by the state. If they can't do that, then we know that that body of water called Clark's Cove is under the jurisdiction of the Department of Marine Fisheries. Okay, and the Port Authority would have no authority to issue a permit to put a 300-foot structure in the middle of Clark's Cove. Second, there has to be a public hearing before any of this goes forward. You know, information is the currency of democracy, as Benjamin Franklin said, and if the people don't have information about this prior to allowing it to occur, we don't know how long it's going to be there. Uh, Is it going to be one year, two years, six months, three months? And the biggest thing is, what is the manufacturer's recommendation as far as distance from residential property? Usually it's four to five miles. The whole uh, uh, Clark's Cove, I think, is 1.58 of a mile. Okay, So if they put it in the middle, it's less than a mile. Not considering also the amplification that the water would give to the whooshing that goes on with these type of systems. It gives a bad name for wind turbines. It should be put about two, three miles outside the tip of Fort Rodman. And then if they're going to prove what they have to say, it can can be uh, 6,000 residents taking care of their electricals. Okay, let's prove it. Let's line it up with the sewage treatment plant. We've got a $2 million bill there every year. And let's see how much electricity they produce. Sure. And plug it into the treatment plant. That way the public has an idea of what this thing can produce. And this is Vineyard Wind, excuse me, <clears throat> it's a new company. But uh, this could be a signature issue for the Ward 6 Council because in the next few days it's going to get explosive. I can tell you that. Well, we'll see what we can find out. Thank you for letting us know. Yep, see yep. All right, take it easy. I do have to take a break. Callers, hang on. We'll, we'll get to you, but i got to take a break right now. We'll be back in just a few moments. And let's go right back to the phones. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hey, what's going on, Tim? How you doing? Not bad. That last call was very interesting. For um, sure. Yeah, this... Not only is this going to affect Ward 6 and, and New Bedford, this is going to affect Dartmouth. Right. Right? Yeah. I mean, you got the the, the south, you know, the south Dartmouth area. Um, I don't know how far up Clark's Cove it's going to be, uh, but it could go from Jones Beach all the way to the tip of Michon Point. And if you stop messing with the people on Michon Point, oh, boy, those are some million-dollar people right there. And, you know, it's interesting. I mean, this, this is the first I've heard. I'm sure this is the first time you've heard about it, too. It is. I, I hadn't heard anything about it. Yeah, it's, and 300 feet is, it, it, it sounds like that. that's huge. That's that's probably as big as the ones in Fairhaven, no? Or is it bigger than the ones in Fairhaven? I'm taking a look and trying to guess. I would I'd say probably bigger than the ones in Fairhaven. That's incredible. And that... Would it be? I, I'm wondering if it would be onshore or offshore. Would it be like on the tip of something, or would it be drilled into the bed of the bed of the cove? I'm not sure. Like, you, like, would it be would it be out on the tip of Fort Rodman, like out in in that area, or would it be in the in the middle of? From what I gathered when when he was speaking, um, it sounded like he was going to be in the middle because it was going to split the difference of Clark's Cove, you know as and will it be closer to, to the dikes and the hurricane barrier, or will it be further out, you know, into the middle of the ocean where it's 
more uh, accessible to to the wind. But that not only will will Ward Six have to be you know in this fight, people in Dartmouth, the select board would have to be in this fight also. And I don't even know if they've even heard about this. I mean, if if we haven't already heard people calling up to complain about it here on the station until until Tom called, I don't know that anybody knows. Yeah, that that guy's a, a complete resource uh, for the area. You know, I really. I appreciate it. When it. Whenever he calls in, you always learn something. But yeah, that's that's really interesting, um, and, and could have like I said, like he's a explosive developments in the in the in the coming days going into the year, and um, Ryan Pereira is going to have a hell of a fight if uh, we're not going to have public hearings or anything like that on now. So, and and in regards to the the, the wind turbine, I wonder who the the company is is it related to the people across the way um that are setting up the offshore is it just some one-off guy that's that's doing this it, it it's so much that has to be dug in and and, and really found out because that's significant i was able I to when, find one small bit of information out for you sure the fairhaven turbines are 265 feet so about the same height yeah about you know i can see that from Anywhere in New Bedford, almost, depending on, you know, how high you are. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to the south end, you can see that for, you know, you're talking miles and miles about. But um, the other thing, the, the original reason why I was calling, talking about the, the blue laws and stuff. Well, I only got about 10 <clears throat> seconds here because I got to go to a break before the uh, NFL thing kicks in. Oh, okay. All right. No well, worries. I'll, you know, I'll call you tomorrow anyway. All right. Good. We'll put a pin on it till then. Thank you. All right. All right, Jen. Take care. And uh, callers, hang on. We will get to you. I do have to take a break because we do have the NFL preview coming up. Uh, And then next hour, it's all about you. And actually, in the 8 o'clock hour, it's all about you as well because Jack Spillane's under the weather today. So uh, he is not going to be joining us to turn on the light. So we'll be able to keep speaking with you throughout the course of the morning. So callers, hang on. I see the phone lines are lit up on this topic. So I'm going to guess some folks out there might want to either vent or might have some information. So we will get to you on that coming up in just a few moments. But right now, I've got to take my final break of the hour before we go into the NFL preview. All right. Well, it is 